God, I pray this morning that we would be able to open these gates fully to you. Because when we open these gates fully, then we can receive the fullness that you want to invade the earth with. God, I'm asking for the grace and mercy this morning that we would step out beyond what we've normally opened the gates with. The percentage that I've opened up before, I'm asking for an increase in that. I pray for us here right now that the fear that might be associated with opening up our gates to another place, that it would be dissipated right now. And that a safety would come and a freedom would come the more and more and more we open up ourselves this morning. I pray in Jesus' name that we would open the gates right here, right now, right in our hearts. Swing wide gates and let the King of glory come in. There's a choice right now. So you can buy someone a present or you can create a present for them. One of them costs you more. And to give the king glory right now, he's asking, what are you willing to give that costs more? See, we could sing another song and, you know, that might be good. But what he's really after this morning is what costs more? What are you willing to give me that costs something of yourself? See, sometimes that price feels awkward. Oh, it feels, it feels really hard to give that up. It feels really hard to go there. But the Lord wants something deeper. He's looking into the hearts of men and women in this place right now. And he's saying, what are you willing to give me that's valuable? So, Lord, right now, we want to give you the thing that you find valuable. Not that we find valuable. Not the thing that we think is good, but the thing that you think is good. The thing that you want to hear this morning, the, the sound, the, the desperation, the surrender, the worship, what you want to hear is what we want to give. So I'm asking right now in the name of Jesus, a revelation of what you want to hear, because that is all we're concerned with giving. Does anyone feel like... I'm searching, but I'm not finding yet. I'm not finding this place. Anyone relate with that? Well, Derek has something here that I think is actually going to really help. First thing I want to say is that right now you're feeling a desire for God. And the first thing that comes into your heart is what a hypocrite I am. Because I didn't have a desire for God yesterday, and I won't have a desire for God tomorrow. So I'm a hypocrite to have a desire for God right now. That's not true at all. But what we've done here, what we've opened up, is an opportunity of faith. And as soon as we open that up, what is really in your heart has an opportunity to come out. And that's a desire for God, and that's beautiful. So don't be drawn away by what you were yesterday or what you'll be tomorrow. Just be here completely right now. I want to read... I want to read two verses from the Song of Songs. And I'm going to explain what it says. It says, tell me, O you who I love, where do you feed your flock? Where do you make it lie down at noon? 
For why should I be as one who veils herself by the flocks of your companions? She's saying, the bride is saying exactly what you're saying right now. Lord, where do you, where is that secret place? Where can I come and be alone with you? Where do you pastor your flocks? Where do you go and be alone with your sheep? Where can I come and be alone with you there? Without any eyes watching us, without any ears hearing us, where is there a place up in the high places where you and I could be alone, completely alone together, and pour ourselves out to each other? This is what your heart is saying right now, the same thing as she says here in the Song of Songs. And his reply is, if you do not know, O fairest among women, follow in the footsteps of the flock and feed your little goats beside the shepherd's tents. Now you have to pay attention to this. In the east, where we used to live, and I've been up with the shepherds and so I understand this, and and I didn't get these verses for about a year and a half. The Lord said, I have something hidden in these verses for you. And so I kept searching and searching and couldn't get it. And then one day the Lord just exploded it open for me. And I thought, how, have I, how could I have been so blind? Because I've actually been up with the shepherds and I actually know what it's like to go into these alpine meadows with the shepherds. But that doesn't matter. The shepherds all go together up to a certain place. They leave their stuff there, and then they each go up to their own little secret meadows, their little secret alpine meadows, where they have the, where they have the place where they'll shepherd their sheep. And so her lover is saying to her, come up to that place called the shepherd's tents, where they leave all their stuff, and I'll come and meet you there and take you up to my secret meadow. A place you couldn't possibly find on your own. Because if you've ever been up in the high areas, you could wander around for a day and not find somebody who's up there. Because behind each place is a secret place. And, a, and you look and you see nothing. And then you come around here and you see a whole meadow open up. So he's saying, come up to that place that's familiar Wait for me there, I'll come and get you, and you can follow me up to where I stay alone with my sheep, and we can be alone there. Does this, does this start to sink in? Come to that place that's familiar. Even this morning, come to that place that's familiar. But understand that you, that's as far as you can come. He will meet you there, and he will take you to that place that will be a secret place to you and him alone. You can't possibly find that place on your own. But he is saying to you this morning, come to that familiar place. Wait for me there. And I will take you from there up to that place where we can be alone. That may not happen just here this morning. But I absolutely promise you, that that's the Lord's heart, is to take you to that secret place. Later on in Song of Solomon, she refers to that place several times. And so she had been there. So he had fulfilled his promise to her that I will meet you there. And he had taken her up there. And I absolutely, 
assure you and promise you this morning that if you will continue to come to that familiar place, he will meet you there and take you to that place where you will be with him alone. So let's pray something. Lord, we want to be in that secret place with you. We want to be in that place that we could not possibly find on our own. That meadow where you pasture your sheep, where we can be completely alone with you. Where we can pour ourselves out to you and you will give yourself to us. So Lord, in the middle of this service on Sunday morning, we say again, come and meet us and take us to that place. Come and take us to that secret place. Come and take us to that another, that new, fresh level of intimacy. Come, Lord, and take us there. We desire this more than anything, Lord. So did anybody notice the change? Right? <laughs> very, very significant. Very, wow, it was really not blowing wind in here. It's blowing wind now. Jen Paul was outside, and it's not windy out there. And she came inside and said, it is incredibly windy in here. Soaring. Now, did anyone let themselves be caught up in that? Different, isn't it? That's what the Lord is trying to reveal to us. You know, we speak about wind blowing. We speak about that all the time. All the time. Today is a marker in... He was showing us, okay, here's what it's like when it's not windy. It's not very fun, to, if I'm being perfectly honest. Here's what happens when I let my wind out and you start to soar it. Because, you know, you can fight against the wind. You can stand there like, oh, stupid wind. Or you can actually let your wings out and start to ride it. That's what he's trying to get us to do. Because his wind is blowing all over the earth all the time. And he's just looking for the ones that will spread their wings a bit and start to fly in it. That's what he's doing right now. So let another wave of wind come. There's a word actually for, for us here this morning. And it says this. It says, test me now in this. For my wind is blowing beneath you, above you, and around you. And if you would venture and release your wings, if you would spread out just a little bit more, I could do something great through you. I see even this week as people are driving in their cars to work, home from work, just out for a drive. You're going to start to feel the breeze in your face and all the windows are going to be rolled up. And the Lord says right now, let your wings out and learn to soar because my wind is about to become very strong in the earth. Will you be blown over by it or will you ride in the heights of it? Thank you, Lord. I want Cam to come speak now because I know Cam's like me. We like to soar on this thing. And so uh, he's going to release his word now and... Uh, Keep engaged in flying in this thing and watch what happens. So before I start, if you want to get out early, the exits are there, 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 and there. In a case of sudden, 
By the whole room, oxygen masks will fall from the ceiling. <laughs> Help your neighbor before you do your own. <laughs> Those were the notes. We're going to see what happens here. Cause, uh, I've got to go with what's coming out of me and where we're at. I don't know what you guys are going to do. Feel free to sit down. Feel free to stay. You do what you want to do. Uh, I feel like there's going to be people coming and going because we're the body and we need to hear lots of voices and oh, and I have to unlock myself. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. I don't know about you, but when I start saying Holy Spirit, I feel the vortex start to go. Holy Ghost. Oh. And the Trinity is beautiful. Holy Ghost takes what belongs to Jesus and makes it known to us so that we get to know Jesus better. And Jesus points to the Father and says, look at how amazing my Father is. If you've seen me, you've seen him. Incredible. And the Father says, consider my son. Who is there like my son? And Jesus says, it's better that I go to clear out of here because Holy Ghost is coming. And it's this beautiful circle where they go around and around honoring each other. Uh, I got caught up in an experience one time where you just I went to heaven and I heard the Trinity speaking to one another. And the voice of the Father stills all of heaven. And he's like, have you considered my son? And all of heaven and the angels and the saints that have gone before were like, oh, he's amazing, incredible. Worship just blew up. And then it shifted. And Jesus points over to the Holy Ghost and he says, what a wonderful comforter. I sent him in my place to reach. And it was like, yes, Holy Spirit, incredible. And it just kept going round and round and round. Oh. It's about experiencing God. It's about experiencing God. He didn't come to be at a distance. He didn't come to have head knowledge. He didn't come to be known from a book. There were people that did that and they missed Jesus in his day. We know those stories. But being in the spirit is different than the natural world. Things that are happening in the spirit often aren't physically apparent in the natural world. The timing's different. The behaviors are different. The perspectives are different. And it's absolutely critical that we shift out of natural thinking and into spirit thinking. And I'm going to shift in and out of teaching and all sorts of stuff, so we're just going to see what keeps coming out. Uh, the last time I spoke was over a year ago, and what came out then was the gospel was entrusted to apostles. Apostles, that was a known term in the day. It was the general of the Roman army sent to occupy, take over, and absolutely terraform the land that he was sent to, to make it so like Rome that if the emperor showed up, it would be like home. The gospel is imparted through the apostles that way. It comes to us that way. The gospel demands its way. We don't have a choice. The spirit of God demands that we do things his way. We don't have a choice. In the last number of months, what's been going on in this body, I'm sure you, you've been noticing, there's this uptick in prayer. There's this uptick in worship where we're just, the inhibitors are coming off. There's this uptick in zeal. There's this uptick in desire. 
So many are feeling it. I know it. When you look at historical revivals, what do you see before the breakout? You see suddenly this uh, starts to come from the people. This hungering for God. And they start taking him seriously at his word. Fasting and prayer start. Prayer watches start. This burning thing starts where I can't let go. And the things that I used to entertain, even if they were neutral and they were okay, they start to get put aside because I've got to make room. I've got to make room. I've got to make room. Did anybody start watching any of Azusa now, live streaming yesterday? Put your hands up if you did. So the quick paraphrase, 110 years ago, Azusa broke out. That's the foundation of how we ended up here today. And prophetic words over the years have been pointing to a day coming when that breakout would start again. A bunch of you watched it. But it's not just for L.A. It's not just for Azusa. It's happening all over the place. It's happening here. Before we were aware that it was coming, it's been growing. The Spirit of God is releasing the kingdom at a whole nother level. But there is an absolute demand that our lives must conform to Him. We have to learn what it is to be in the Spirit. And there's some balancing stuff here, so... Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Take over. Holy Ghost, take over. Take over. Take over. I'm going to run through some scriptures really fast. Timing is different in the spirit. Jesus gets word, Lazarus is sick. Jesus' response, awesome. Let's wait here. In the natural, that's completely backwards. In Luke 9, the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus meets with Moses and Elijah, and it's powerful and light and whatever. Did you know that the apostles were asleep? They woke up to it. Their sense of timing and the spirit timing, totally different. Jesus meets the Samaritan woman at the well. He says, can you give me a drink? She says, hmm. You don't have any bucket. How are you going to get water? And he says, if you knew the gift of God and who was standing before you, you'd ask him for living water. Now, funny thing about that expression, living water, that came up today in worship, the only context in the Bible that living water comes up, I believe it originates in Jeremiah. And Joan, a few months ago, had the word about the two sins that God held against Israel. One was that they had forsaken him, the fountain of living water, and hewn cisterns. That phrase, the fountain of living water, is God claiming himself. So when Jesus is announcing to the Samaritan woman, you'd ask me for living water, it was unequivocally a statement of, I am God. Jesus later making those same statements about living water in Jerusalem in the middle of the feast, you know, if anyone is thirsty, come to me, living water. Everyone knew exactly what that meant. But in that moment with the Samaritan woman, she didn't recognize what was going on in the spirit, and Jesus had to wake her up to it. 
perspectives in the spirit are different. Abraham's 99 years old and he hasn't got a son yet. But Hebrews says that he did not consider the abilities of his own body, but he considered him faithful who spoke. The perspective cannot be natural mind. It cannot be what I can produce. 2 Kings 6, Gehazi and Elisha on the side of the mountain, surrounded by an army. Gehazi's freaking out. Elijah says, there's more with us than there are with them. Oh, Lord, open his eyes. Boom. It's okay, Elisha. Everything's going to be fine. Different perspective. And I'm loving this passage more and more and more. 1 Samuel 19. Saul's trying to kill David. David's hanging out with Samuel and the prophets. Saul sends the first detachment. Go get David. And by get, it was apprehend. We, four verses earlier, Saul's trying to kill David. It's clear, the intent. The first set of messengers arrives where the Spirit of God is. They fall down and start prophesying. They cannot touch they come back. Saul sends a second delegation. Go get him. Same thing happens. Finally, Saul goes himself, and he encounters the presence of God. Remember, Saul's trying to kill David, but you come into the presence of God, and it changes everything. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. We're asking for a swirl of your presence in our house, among our family. Holy Ghost that changes everything. We're asking for a release that changes who we are, that breaks chains, that overrules the desires that have grown up inside us, that cuts the thorns that have sprung up around our ankles. Holy Ghost, we want you to take over. Now, when I start getting into the spirit stuff, there's a couple of things that come up. Sometimes it's like, scared of going too far. Anybody ever had that one? I don't want to look like a freak. I finally have resolved that it, it can't matter anymore. I'm thirsty enough now. Whatever it takes, that's what I want. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What would you do if you were dying of thirst? What would you do? How far would you go? This is the kind of intensity that I'm feeling in the spirit that's happening for our body. What would you do? In the context of water, behavior is different in the spirit. Elijah pronounces a prophetic word, it will not rain until I speak again. Three and a half years, Ahab is tearing the country apart trying to find the prophet. There is no water, there is no rain. That's the backdrop to the Mount of Carmel. Do you remember? Then they build altars, and what does Elijah do? Get me water. There's not a lot. It's the bit that they've got, and he pours it over the altar. The sacrifice. So even in a moment like today, we're pouring our hearts out, and we're giving what we've got. I think it was Jesse that was saying... No, it was Derek. Go as far as you know to go. Give as much as you've got. And at the end of that is where you encounter God again. And he leads you off into something else. Because it's entirely about experiencing God. 
It's entirely about encountering him. And more than organized sermons and more than popular opinion or any of that kind of stuff, more than anything, I want us to get more familiar with the Holy Ghost, more familiar with what it means to move in the Spirit. That takes two things. Rhema and Logos. Rhema, the spoken word of God. Jesus, when he's in the middle of temptation in the wilderness, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every rhema that comes from the mouth of God. Everything that he speaks. That's the stuff that we hear. That's the day-to-day that we need. That's our relationship with God. And he speaks through dreams and visions and impressions and words and audible voices and angelic visitations and coincidences and circumstances and other people. So many ways that he speaks. How many of you would say you've heard God? How many would you, uh, would, uh, the other, would you say you haven't heard God? Or I don't know. Okay, so nobody puts their hands up. That's cool. But we got to get better. One of the things that pops up in Azusa yesterday is Sean Bolts in front of tens of thousands of people starts calling out words of knowledge. And I'm like, yeah, I'd like some of that, Holy Ghost. A whole other level of sharpness. A whole other level of being able to touch someone's life. And the marriage of love and spirit in the word is undeniable. First Corinthians 12 starts talking about the gifts of the spirit and you know order in the body and administration. 14 continues talking about gifts of the spirit and power and stuff like that. Right sandwiched in the middle is 1 Corinthians 13, all about love. And they'll know you're Christians by your love. And it's love that convinces the world. And the first greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Second, love your neighbors as yourself. Love is entirely fueled by Holy Ghost. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. We come to the end of what we know. We come to the end of who we are. We come to the end of our experience. And we're asking that you meet us there. So this house, our DNA specifically, we are called to those things. Prophetic worship, intercession. In military terms, would be not basic training. We're not called for the simple things. We're called for the deep things of the Spirit. We're called for going after God in the deep places and the hard places. The DNA of this place is reaching. The DNA of this house is to go after the deep stuff. Hebrews 6, leaving behind the elementary teachings, the beginning rules, the basics, repentance, faith in God, baptism, laying on hands, resurrection, judgment. Let's press on to completion. Taste the heavenly gift, the powers of the age to come. Partakers of the Holy Ghost have tasted the rhema of God. 
That's what we're called to do, and that means venturing. That means going beyond comfortable. We don't get to do comfortable in this house. So this morning before I even came in here, I had this image of a roller coaster. Could you imagine getting into a roller coaster that had all the crazy corkscrews and the loops and stuff like that? And you get in and you're like, yeah, seatbelt. I'm not sure that I'm actually going to. If that roller coaster starts to move and you have not got the seatbelt on and the, the arm down and the whole bit, like you're in for a crazy ride. There's, there's, there's no option. There's no room to go half-hearted at this. God's being intentional about making us uncomfortable about doing church, doing religion. We can't. So the only other option is all out, beyond your comfort zone, trying to see into the Spirit, trying to see into what are you doing, God, trying to see into what's happening in heaven right now that I can align with. And if you don't see what's going on, look around to see who does know what's going on and then do what they do. Because we don't always know. We don't get to see the whole piece ourselves. We rely on one another. Sometimes we get lost. There are times where I'm in here and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> You're laughing because you've been there. But we keep venturing. And I believe we're stepped, we've stepped over the threshold. I think we've done that in recent months. And I feel that intensity of where we're going and what we're stepping into. And so this house has got to give grace to one another. Because we're going to venture. We're going to try some stuff. We're going to fall flat in some stuff. That's the price of reaching. But it's okay. Because when we hit, so on the intentional side then, we've got to practice. We have to intentionally set time, set our intent to practice. Practice on each other. Hey, I'm trying to grow in my word of knowledge. Can I practice on you? Altar calls going on. Yeah, I want in on that. Come on. Get up there. Start praying with people. Start trying to hear what's God saying. If you've done that and that's okay, take it up a step. Try the coffee shop. Try your coworkers. I've done the thing with the coworkers who aren't saved. It's crazy, but it's fun. You worried about Christianity getting boring? Elevate your game a little bit. It gets exciting in a hurry. I don't know why I'm walking over this way. The body's responding. They know something's happening. <sighs> Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. I ask in this youth group, Holy Ghost, that you would do something unusual. I ask that you would get out of the box in this youth group. I ask for the unique and the wonderful. I ask for the encounters to be released in this youth group. Ha. Ha. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost.
It's just, it, it's impartation. He's doing something. He's doing it by himself. He's doing it by himself. He's blowing past the doors. I see it. He's going under the, the cracks in the doors. He's peering at the locks in the doors. He's looking through the keyholes. He's getting in. In Jesus' name, Holy Ghost is getting in. So, Father, we release our faith to say, God, anointings, giftings, in Jesus' name, be released. Power, be released. Signs and wonders, be released. Miracles and healings, be released. Prophecy, be released. Ho. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Do you see the beauty of a body that we've got? We've got people responding. We've got worship that's tied in. Some fool's on the mic doing his little bit, but it's happening. Holy Ghost, you're doing it here. We love you for doing it here. We love that you're including us, Holy Spirit. We love that you're letting us participate. Oh. Lord, I just ask... On behalf of the youth, God, would you pull them up into heaven? Would you pull them up into heaven, oh God? Would you let the ones dance on the sea of glass? Would you let the ones see the thunder? Hear the lightning, oh God. Let them see it, oh God. Let them see the jasper and the emeralds, and oh God. Let them see the jewels of heaven. Let them walk the streets of heaven, oh God. And let them know it. Not to let them just be there and like, okay, the spirit was there. But let them actually see it, oh God. Let them actually see the heavens. Let them actually see it. Let them actually see your throne. Let them actually see your glory. Let them actually see the four living creatures. Let them actually see the elders bowing down giving them crowns up to you, oh God. Let them actually see this, oh God. I ask that you actually let them see it. Let them see it, oh God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're not going to worry about polish, Holy Ghost. We'll let you take care of that later. We just want the real, and we're going to give ourselves to it. We're going to give ourselves to pursuing you. We're going to give ourselves to trying. Ha, ha. So I look at Derek and I immediately think of Derek Bernice and, and years worth of harvest overseas, working overseas, struggling overseas, planting overseas. And I remember some of the stories of the Laforts talking about how it was early in the days of this church where they go overseas and signs, wonders, miracles. It was obvious. It was everywhere. And God... You're not done yet. It's not over yet. So God, we call these things out of hiding. We call the gifts out of hiding. We call the anointings out of the past into the present. We call the fire and the thunder that's buried in the spirit in these ones to the surface in Jesus' name. Ha, 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 ha. And Father, where the old wineskins have become torn in some areas, I'm asking for a release of a new wineskin in Jesus' name. 
to contain what you're doing now, to flow in what you're doing now, to be relevant in the now, to be powerful and effective in the now, to be packaged in what you're doing now, in Jesus' name. I'm just hearing that there was a time and a place where the enemy actually looked at you, Derek and Bernice, and he said, I broke your back, and so I've got you there. As far as you go, you won't be able to go because I've broken that back. So when you try to move, it hurts and it pains. And there has been an accepting of that. Right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I declare that this back is made new in the name of Jesus. This back has fluidity like the back of a newborn child that's never been worked on or hurt. And you will move, and you will move, and you will move. You're not finished yet. You will move with the fluidity of a dancer. <laughs> Restoration. And just now I looked and I saw a huge wine vat that's been reserved in the corner. And I knew immediately, instinctively, that it's this intense, sweet love that has been reserved till this moment. And so, Father, we're saying in Jesus' name, we release the gift of love that is in them. We welcome the gift of love that's in them. God, we welcome it in Jesus' name. We welcome love to come to the surface in a bright, sparkling, brand new way, God. We welcome love to erupt in their lives, God. Love shed abroad in their hearts. Love shed abroad in this body. Love shed abroad in their neighborhood, God. Intense love in Jesus' name. And we've got to be willing to linger in the awkward spots. Have it your way, Lord. Have it your way, Holy Ghost. Have it your way. You know, God kind of makes it obvious when you're supposed to come up, so the awkward spot is for me. I had a dream last night, and I haven't been dreaming for a while, and it, uh, God showed me last night that Satan's been trying to interrupt my sleep so that I don't dream because I'm about to have dreams that'll open a lot of doors. And so I just declared last night that I would sleep and sleep soundly and that I would have a dream. The dream that I had was I was at the, in front of the stage at Azusa and Jesus and Bill Johnson were up on stage and they were handing out gifts. And they were, they were gifts specifically for Spruce Grove Community Church. And I saw a pile of them. There was tons of them for anyone who wanted them. But the two specifically that came to my attention was a gift for healing. And it was addressed to Spruce Grove Community Church. And a gift for finances. And I woke after that dream and I just wept. And God... We've been really bad receivers in the past, God, but I declare that that shall change as of today, God. I declare that we will receive everything that you have for us, every single thing that you have for us as a body. We receive, God, everything you have for us individually. We receive it, God. We receive everything you have, the full measure, the full measure. We would not withhold from you, God. So we ask that you would not withhold from us any longer, God. There shall not be anything withheld, anything withheld. We shall give it all. God, we shall bless the people around us, we shall bless this city, we shall bless this country, and we shall bless the nations, oh God. And so as a body right now, Father, we ask that you would connect to where Mark is in the world right now. We pray for a whole new level of download. God, we ask you for a whole new release of power. We ask you for a whole new release of power, a whole new level of authority in Jesus' name. Ho! 
Ho! Ho! Ha! I saw a sidearm get put on Mark's hip. And a quick draw ready. So, Father, I believe we receive that for Mark, God. And we pray that you would help us as a body steward the gift that you've given us in Mark and Wendy. God, we bless them. Thank you for them, God. When I don't know what to do, my eyes turn to you. Holy Ghost, we're asking that you exalt Jesus in this place. Make him so real, so tangible, so clear, so obvious in this house that people come in and can't help but run into him. They can't help but be blessed. They can't help but get saved. They can't help but get healed because he's so obviously here. And we're willing to burn. We're willing to burn to do it. We're willing to burn to have him. Huh. So Holy Ghost, would you loose over us a yearning and a desire to press further in? Would you loose over us a craving for the Son of God that cannot be stopped? It cannot be withheld. Oh, a love for the Son of God that we would pursue and pursue and pursue and pursue. Ha. 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 Love so hard that it aches. Love for Jesus so strong that it aches when he's not around. Gotta have you. Gotta have you. Ha. And I love that he imparts while I'm standing here doing the little bit that I can do. But I just, um, I just want to say while Mark's not here, Pastor Mark, that uh, I had a dream a couple weeks ago where we were together, him and I, and I kind of like at his house hanging out, and I was pouring myself a glass of wine if you can imagine that. And uh, he came and offered me gin. And uh, I said, I don't drink that stuff. And he started making fun of me and like calling me out and like, are you a man or not? And I woke up and I was irritated. Do you get that sometimes when you want to fix the dream? Like, I wanted to straighten him out that you're not a man just because you drink gin. But I was awake, so there's no sense, you know, arguing because you're not in the dream anymore. And I realized that Mark's offering me something that's got four times the alcohol level of what I'm drinking now. And what if Mark's really doing that in this body? What if he's offering us something that is four times more than what we're operating in right now and we're just like saying no you know that's I, I don't drink that 
So let's just give Mark the freedom to call us on that and say, like, are you a man or not? Are you going to move into this or not? So even while he's not here, Lord, we say we give Mark Brisbane the freedom to call us on stepping back from a, a greater outpouring of the Holy Spirit than what we are operating in right now. We give him the freedom to challenge us on that and to offer us something that is so far beyond what we're comfortable with. This will be a bit of a left turn, but after I handed Derek the mic, I felt this little bit of an, like an accusation in the air about you know, lots of men up here but no women. And we say that this house is a house where the men and women work together. They play together. They pray together. They worship together. They serve together. They have authority together. She came out of my soul. Lady came out of my say. She came out of my soul. Cold out of my say. Oh Lord, oh go out of my sea. God, I want more. I want more, God. I don't care what I look like. I want more. More, God. I repent for where I've said no to you. More, God. She came out of my soul. Holy Spirit, fall. Fall on us. We want to be desperate for 
The Lord has a word. And he says, many of you have held Nikki as kind of the safety mark. Because you've looked at her and you've said, well, she's an even keel. She's something that I can measure with. But the Lord has a change of plan for you today. And he says, I have just raised the watermark. I have just raised the watermark. And what you thought was safe before has been tossed out the window. And he's used this vessel as a sign to you that your safety is not what you thought it was. It's not what you thought it was. He's raised the watermark. Because in this day, there requires something of a greater outpouring. There requires something of a greater consistency. And I'm taking the ones that you thought were safe, and I'm shaking them until they're no longer safe for you. I've raised the high watermark in your midst, before your eyes, says the Spirit of the Lord. Do not, do not count this as insignificant. This is not only a sign to Nikki. This is a sign to the body that God has come and he's raised something beyond what we thought was maybe even possible. This is the day.
God, I pray that the supernatural, the stuff that we think is so out there, would become natural, that it would become normal in this place, in our houses, that we wouldn't say, oh, that's supernatural, that's not normal, but that it would become normal in this place, that your presence would fall so heavy that we can't even stand up, that we would just be crawling out the doors to our vehicles, and that your presence would follow us wherever we go. God, the supernatural would be natural in this place. Show I know there's some that still even feel <clears throat> the hold of safety. The words like supernatural and getting out of the box and flying, they're scary. There's a breakthrough that can happen for you this morning, and I don't want to go until that breakthrough takes place, because as soon as I woke up this morning, the Lord said, do what you've been called to do this morning, and that's to break through. And so there's a breakthrough in reserve right now for you if you feel that you can't break through. And what has to happen is what happened inside of her. A release of sound, a release of a shout, a release of something deep within you. So stand to your feet right now. And on the count of three, let's release a sound. One, two, three. Okay, I'm struggling at breaking through. I'm struggling at pushing through this thing. And there might be people, don't 
Don't let pride get in the way right now. If you want to have some kind of a breakthrough, just come right up, line up here. Nikki's going to touch you and go through the line. All right, guys. So I'm hearing something. I'm hearing the difference between two shouts. One shout that we know is this one. Ah! And it's awesome. It's like you're going into battle and you've got fear and you've got passion and you don't know, like think of yourself as a warrior. You're shouting because you're like, I'm going in and this is what it takes. Then there's another shout. There's a shout when you've done the battle and there's about 10 of the enemy left and you look around and you're like, there's a thousand of us. We're gonna barge and we're gonna shout and it's finished. Do you guys, are you hearing the difference there? There's the, I'm shouting cause I gotta and I'm running and then there's the other one that's like, we won. Okay, lock that in and I want us to shout because you know that it's finished. Something has happened that's finished. There's been a threshold and we're gonna shout and it's literally a shout that happens where the entire army advances and never goes back. Are you catching that? One, two, three. It's over, it's finished, it's over, it's finished, it's over, it's finished, it's over. Hey! Hallelujah! 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 Ha! Ha! Now, now that, that is the scream that a battle battalion lives for. That is why you go into battle in the first place so that you can do that scream at the end because you know, although there's a little bit left, it's finished. That's what you put your life on the line for. For that part, it's the best part. That's the sound of victory. And that's what the saints have been called to walk in for thousands of years. The sound that it is finished, the sound that it is done, the sound that the battle has been won. The same time when game seven of the Stanley Cup Finals counts down three, two, one, and the winner's on home ice, that's a shadow of the victory sound that comes from heaven. That's the shadow of the victory sound that came when Jesus rolled the stone away. It's a shadow. It's a shadow. And I'm telling you to walk in our fullness, to walk in our destiny, to walk in the Spirit, to actually enter into the things that we've talked about all day. There has to be a revelation of the victory of Jesus Christ. And when we enter that, I tell you right now, breakthrough, pushing through, feeling awkward, it's meaningless because your team just won. Amen? Amen? Amen. Hey. Wow. The engagement right now 
Imagine if we can walk in next week and it be right here. So let's, add, let's put our hands on our heart right now. Because this is a sign to us. Why does it take two and a half hours to get to this place? Something from last Sunday to this Sunday has come and drew, driven us down. So this week, let's commit right now. Lord, we say that we enter your victory and we believe your victory. And we continue to, to roll with your victory. Let us not fade back to the low watermark. The watermark has been raised this morning. Let us start here. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Yes.